A Bandertown special? You ain't ready. You don't think I'm ready? I don't think you're ready. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Welcome to another episode. <sighs> Johnny, nice. fresh off a plane. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're distanced. <laughs> Are you scared? <laughs> no. When did you uh, get home? I was in Orlando for about 24 hours. Oh, I thought it was longer than that. Uh, yeah, I landed at like 1 or 2 and then left about 1 the next day yesterday to come back. So, um, yeah, it was cool. Um, whatever, 50, 60 people on the plane. I think going there, it was like 90. It was the most they could sell. They're still keeping middle seats empty, right? Yeah, which it's, it's interesting. They're calling it distancing, but... And I get that you wouldn't want somebody right on top of you if they started having a sneezing fit or whatever right. per our episode last week. But it's still not really enough difference to keep droplets because there's somebody in the row right next to you or right in front of you and behind you. So, like, even if you say middle seats, like, there's a head right here and there's a head right behind me. Well, yeah, but they cough into the back of your head. Well, and they're wearing masks the whole time. Yeah, everybody's wearing masks. It's just interesting the things that we believe in and we believe work – but then some of the rules undermine it. For instance, if you go to a restaurant, you wear a mask, and they'll get mad if you don't wear a mask. Until right you until down. you get to your seat. <laughs> well, but I mean, And then if you get up to go to the bathroom, you put your mask back on again because yeah. you don't want to get stared at. Well, I mean, you know, they did some study. I saw some study. It was a true, like, journal of some sort. Yeah. And it really depends upon the ventilation in that particular restaurant. Yeah. Like they had somebody who they had an actual case study. Yeah. Someone was, they ended up being positive. They sat here and because of the way the airflow was right, like everybody behind them or to the right of them ended up getting it. And then everybody to the left of them did not. Like it was very much I would about not the airflow. That study. Jeez. Yeah. Hey, you sit here. We're just gonna see what happens. No, no, it wasn't a study. It was like a post. Like they discovered that someone had right. it, and for some reason they were able to go track down all the people who yeah. were in that. Maybe it was a small town. I don't know. I don't either. Well, well, I don't know. But it was fun. Uh, it was uh, was good to kind of feel a little bit back to normal. I've done a couple of shows. Um, that were really small. I did a weekend before. I did a really small comedy club that uh, in Indiana that normally seats about 80, and they're limited to 40. So 40 would have been a sellout yeah. at this club. Hey, it's good to lower your expectations all like that. And then you, you have, have to, a sellout well, then you, even if you Even if you have that number, then you have to get 40 people to come out in the middle of this. You know, So it's like they're all pensive, too. So I think I had 25 the first night and like 12 or 13 the second night. Uh, first night was really great. And then second night was obviously there's just not enough people there to really generate a ton of energy. But I So it felt more like work, but it was still fun. But that was cool to kind of knock the rust off because this weekend in Orlando was um, a worship conference hmm. called Experience. And I thought they were going to cancel it. It's so funny. they Florida has its own thing, so... They just, every, it feels like the last two years of this, before this year, they've had the hurricanes come through. Yeah. And white, and just people can't make it, and it's just a nightmare. And you're just last minute going, oh, we don't know who's going to come up. Like some of the artists canceled. And then this year it's this, and I think they're just like, we're going. So they moved it to the Gaylord because Disney has limitations on seating, plus their, uh, the NBA bubble. Right. So Isn't that like, all the wild world, the wild wide world of sports, right? It's so I was literally like, I was literally like half a mile from that complex. I could have just gone and knocked on the door. Hey, I just want to meet LeBron. 
Shower, they would let you into the yeah, bubble for that. It seems like a real loose vibe yeah. over there. It's real <laughs> chill. <laughs> that just happened, you know. There was a player, the first player got sent home. A Rockets player. He had a uh, an unauthorized person in his room, oh, dear. shall we say. Oh, dear. And uh, this is how his wife and kids found out, too, which is a real bummer. Oh, wow. It's like, because it I think it was one of the COVID testers. So, uh. yeah. Hello, nurse kind of a situation not oh. cool so yeah so it's actually the team that's playing my team the lakers so they uh so they're down one of their wing guards you really found a way to make this about i report i reported him i was like i think something's going on <laughs> there's a snitch line and i made sure to dial it every did we day. talk about our mutual friend who went into the bubble i don't think so i think that that's an interesting thing we should talk about uh, yeah, I mean, we could, but I mean, we don't want to give away because we're going to, are we going to talk about the no, true details of what happened? No, no, okay. no. Yeah. Well, now it sounds like there's more details. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, that was really fascinating. He said he was there th- four days and I think he said two of the days were completely quarantined. Almost. So, yeah. So Reggie, our friend Reggie went in to speak to four teams in the bubble and yeah. he told us the whole process. We, we ought to have him on to talk about it. It was absolutely fascinating. So yeah, the first day. You come in, he said. They, they it's not just like take your temperatures. Like take they walk your, you to your room, and you're you're well, on the first floor for, after they test you. Yeah, but but it's, it's a full like screening. Like they listen yeah. to your heart, your right. chest, make you body cavity. No, probably not. <laughs> and then they give you COVID test, and then they send you, and then they give you like this. Hey, here's a menu. You're going to be in your room now for 24 hours. Yeah. What do you want in the room? PlayStation. Here's Xbox, your meals, your snacks. We yeah. can arrange for. He's like, whatever you want to put in there. Yeah, and they were like, they brought him like, uh, uh, they were offering him like the brand new VR games and all yeah. this stuff, and then bring him his meals. And they came about five o'clock and said, okay, your first COVID test is negative. Now here's your second. So you have to pass. You have to have yeah. two negatives mm-hmm. in order to enter the bubble. And so your first floor is because you can't touch elevator buttons and all those things. Yeah. And so, yeah, then once he, once you're clear, you know, you're clear. And uh, he had a great, I mean, it was a, can you imagine? I mean, like, no, dude, I was like, his, put me in historic. the bubble. Yeah, it's historic. And um, he was there. And I just, it's like an introvert's dream. You're going to confine me to a hotel room. At Disney. At Disney. Are they getting to ride rides though, I wonder? I don't know. You're going to bring me Because now food. some of the people's families are there now. They're allowing families in now. So I wonder, these kids got to be bored to tears. I would have thought, I always wonder why they didn't do that the whole time. Just bring, it's a big enough complex. Bring the Yeah, kids. I think they just thought multiplying the number of people is going to just well, increase the risk. as long the as they risk. remain inside the bubble, Johnny, man, that'll preach. You know oh, what I'm saying? Man. My goodness. If you just remain under the protection yeah. of the shadow of the bubble. Stay isolated, like it says in Proverbs. Wait. No, it was, to me, have your kids in there, have your family. But, yeah, an introvert's dream. Oh, I can't leave this room. You're going to bring me food. I'll yeah. have to do nothing but watch TV and play video games. And, well, I mean, this thing we did was about a mile away, half a mile away at uh, the Gaylord. It's very nice. Uh, it's similar. To, I didn't know there was a Gaylord in Orlando. What? Uh, it's got gardens just like There's the There's one Nashville in Orlando one and one in Dallas. Right. Yeah. So it's like its own little bubble, too, mm-hmm. honestly. You could just, so you just, we hung out there and, um, but it was a big ballroom that probably seated 4,000 and there was a thousand chairs. So they're all clusters of four distance, six feet on each side. So that was a little bit strange. And then from the stage, there were probably 20 feet, 20, 30 feet from the first, you know. Because that's, I guess, where the real projection is happening from right. the mouth of Phil Wickham or whoever is belting out the latest. So I did like 10 minutes the first night uh, on Thursday night before Carrie Job. 
uh, came out. Nice. I think there was somebody between two. I asked that because I wanted to know kind of you choose your material a little bit differently if you're like, right? Am I going to do this? You know, joke that's not tasteless, but just a little bit edgy. Right before they're like, "Are you guys ready to worship?" You know, <laughs> Lord, it's such a solemn, yeah, such a solemn piece. I'm trying to make brought. it easier for them because it's like it's hard to follow me. It's hard for me to follow them because they've got the fog and the Lord, just just sit in the river of God and then just point and your now, beam. yeah, and now to make to make us laugh. So I don't like following them either. So I'm glad I was like first, but people were still kind of coming in, some people. So I guess there was probably six or 700 people in the room. Yeah. And then, but I had them lower the lights, which helps. Just scientifically, people just feel less alone. It feels less like a lecture. Yeah. You know, you kind of, you just hear laughs. Scientifically, around. eh? If yeah, done... I'm a scientist, John, <laughs> and an epidemiologist, as you know. <laughs> so did Carrie say anything to you? I didn't meet her. Wow. Uh, she was probably like, you know, she was in a separate, a separate. She was in a separate. <laughs> she was in her own bubble. She was walking around. She said, "Please keep me away from." I'm sure there is a little bit more of a vigilance on the part of someone like who's just now stepping out. I'm less that way because I'm just like, eh. But because um, I'm just, I guess I'm learning. I'm less of an introvert than I thought. As far as like, I'm really enjoying being around people again. Yeah. But I know that there were dressing rooms down the hall, and I bet you. That they were more like they had people and handlers and said, you know, yeah. don't come in here without a mask and that kind of a thing. Sure. Whereas where I was at, I mean, there were people kind of in the green room around us and they were dropping their masks and eating, you know, snack mix and just like it became a lot more chill once you knew you were in the confines of the oh, sure. artist area. But then so so I didn't meet her. And then I, the next morning that went really great. And then the next morning I did at 9 a.m., which is not usually ideal, Mm-mm. like Hey, guys, wake up. Come on down. And then the first thing out was me after, like, a guy introduced me. But it was really great, too. And then I think Phil Wickham was the the artist that morning. He he sang. and uh, It was just him and acoustic. Well, I think, actually, he, he had a full band. But Wickham? Wickham darn near killed, darn near him. killed him. He was, he's, fan, he's, he's fantastic. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He's another guy who's, uh, like, you can't imagine how tiny he is. Really? He's he seems t- tall in his photos. He's a tiny. I think that's a that's a thing. It's a promo, yeah. it's a promo trick. Yeah. I've even been. I've been. I've done other events with him. I think he's he's easily five 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 six. Wow. But even that's the thing too. When you you get this idea of somebody, it's like an action star. Like Sylvester Stallone was five five. But when somebody's like saving the world, right. you just imagine. Well, this is a gigantic person. Well, Tom Cruise is short, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, again, he chooses his female co-stars very carefully. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like Nicole Kidman in photo shoots. Like I remember when they divorced, she went on Oprah, and there and Oprah was like, "Are you okay?" And they're just, and then I can't remember. They were like, "So you're healing now?" And Nicole Kidman said, she laughed and she goes, "I can wear heels again in public." Oh wow! <laughs> it was just such a funny like. Oh, vulnerable man. moment, but yeah. I mean, all the women in the crowd laughed because I mean, anybody that's with a shorter man, you know, like, yeah, you, there's just certain like it just looks strange to society to have a woman that's that much taller than her man because it's, it's dumb cultural norms, but it's just it's a dumb thing, but it just is what it is. So uh, yeah, so Tom Cruise I think chooses his female co-stars very carefully that they're a little shorter than him, interesting, or at least maybe same height. 
Wickham though, man, he can sing, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. And dude. him, him, just him, and you know, he has a lot of those albums, the sing along albums he puts out. Yeah. That are just him and a crowd and acoustic. I mean, he's and that's what you want. Projecting those droplets. So this is the perfect time <laughs> well, for I mean, a I don't nice. Mean he puts out a lot of those now, but yeah, uh, he will. He will next year when this is all. This, uh, yeah. So that was cool, but it it felt good to kind of hear laughs from a big group again. That was the first time I've been in that situation in a long time. So yeah. It's like, hey, I'm a, I'm a comedian, comedian again. I get to be a an oh, artist. That's great, man. So that was good. And then this weekend, I'm going to Nebraska, Kearney, Nebraska, uh, the Heartlands, John. Mm. If you didn't know this about Kearney, there's three cows for every one person in Kearney. No way. Yeah, it's one you, of those. You counted. You yeah, are a scientist. It took a while. Yeah. Um, Statistician. That my first weekend there was just doing that. <laughs> Now I'm going back to so actually. So little cow tipping, you go cow counting. Mm-hmm. Counting, they call it with a W. Counting. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> three, three cows. Uh. Uh, uh, uh. But, uh, so that'll be fun. Yeah, I have a, a pastor friend there who was like, hey, are you working right now? And I was like, I am not. <laughs> I would like what, to. What I'm doing is starving. So he was like, oh, come do our Sunday. They're having our 40th anniversary as a church. Nice. They're doing an outdoor tent, just like we are. We just set up the big tent here. Yeah. So they said, I don't know if it's a tent, but it's an outdoor service. So it'll be a little challenging for comedy, but I'm going to do their Sunday service. Do like invite the community, do some comedy, share a message. And that's this Sunday. So that'll be fun. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I thought that was next Sunday. Yeah. You well, said this Sunday. Well, it'll be this Sunday for the people. Yeah, because I'm, yeah. John, so, we were, sorry, this is guys. Saturday for us. We're recording. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. You just messed up the whole space time continuum. was for a second. <laughs> because you, you're you not going to hear me preach under the tent next. We'll both be preaching under a tent at the same time in different parts of the country next Sunday. Man. Now, guys, that is not that remarkable. No. That's pretty, that's pretty, pretty average right now in the middle of a pandemic. So. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, listen, man, it's a huge deal to get to go do events. I mean, and I think that they're, I mean, the, the, the numbers are trending in the right direction. Colleges are not. They're trending upward, but. Well, people are partying, right? Yeah. That's what gets University you. of Tennessee, man, they have cracked down. Like, they've suspended multiple students. It's like yeah. they don't, that's the deal. If they're having COVID parties, that's the thing. Like, they're throwing caution in the wind on purpose and doing no distancing some of them. They're calling them COVID parties? There have been plenty of COVID parties on college campuses. Is the right? idea just to, like, get it and get it over with, like a box party? Remember, you didn't hear about that one guy? He was, like, 32. He went to a COVID party on purpose, yeah. and he got COVID, and he died. Ugh. And, like, right before he died, he said, I just thought it was all a hoax. I just thought it was kind of a joke. And, like, Ugh. the dude intentionally got COVID. It's like the person who can get positive. The I think there's, like, a bet. Oh, Whoever right. can test positive first or whatever These wins. These are the same the... people that eat Tide Pods. Yeah. <laughs> remember the Tide Pod challenge? I do remember that. Oh, my God. Why who comes up with this stuff? I don't know, man. I mean. It... Hey, why don't you ingest a dryer sheet? Stop <sighs> it. Yeah. I don't... This generation. I've always been afraid of poison. You know, when you embrace poison, I don't know what to do with that. Oh, that will preach in itself. (laughs) I do feel like I'm getting up to to be like a curmudgeon, though, because here's here's something I noticed sociologically, and you'll notice this when you travel for the first time. I don't know if you're coming up on a flight or anything anytime soon, but get ready. Because people have been by themselves with their devices for five, six months now. So there are no headphones. In these airports, people are just playing their iPads. Why? Loud and on the phone on a FaceTime call with their loved one, like they're the only one left in the world, and it's some apocalyptic nightmare. 
I just kept looking over my shoulder like, is anybody else seeing this? Like, people on either side of me were doing it. Wow. Listening to loud, like, hip-hop, dirty hip-hop music. Like, filthy, not safe, <laughs> not suitable for children hip-hop. And I was just like, what? This is what happens. You've literally forgotten that other people yeah. exist. They're just like, oh. And there are less people in the airports. Maybe that's part of it, too. They're like, well, there's nobody within 20 feet of me. But, I mean, you're you're blaring yeah. your phone. I just don't understand. That's, I saw that's, I saw a video today. A guy pulled on. A guy pulls his car up. It's like a convertible. He didn't stop at the line. He pulled up onto the crosswalk. He just like he's in uh-huh. the crosswalk, and this guy crosses. He opens the door, steps on the passenger seat into the back seat, and over the car, and just keeps walking casually. And the guy gets out of the car like what? He just holds his hands up like what just happened to me? And it's just like. I don't know who I, I don't know who I'm cheering for. Like, yes, that was a really rude thing, but yeah, you did a rude thing too. Yeah. Well, two rudes make a right. That's Is what, that what they say? That's what they say. <laughs> oh man, that's riddle me this: Are you more tired traveling? Yeah. Well, the mask you have to wear the mask constantly. Yeah. So that is, you know, not. The best. See, the mask doesn't bother me at all in terms of that. But I've noticed, yeah, but like, it's hour, but you don't do it hours at a time like this. This is different. Like, it's like if somebody says we're going to go to Disney, but you know you have to wear the mask all day. Your trip at Disney is going to be thirty percent less fun than if it I was outside been. in the heat in the mask. I think, yeah, yeah. I think. In- well, I, listen. Here's what I did. I planned the airport trip. Like normally, I would get there two hours because yeah. I know well it's Orlando Airport. They got a million things to do. I'll go get food here. Blah blah blah. But knowing that. When I was gonna have to wear the mask the whole time, I got there right, and I, I didn't have a bag. I had like a, my backpack and my guitar, so I could just walk on, carry on everything. So I planned all that so that I could just like get to the airport forty five minutes yeah. before my flight, because I knew once we get there, it's this mask zone. So I'd rather just chill out in my rental car. Did you get your star ID yet? No, they've 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 moved it. They oh, moved really? That. Yeah, it's not till next year now. Next October. Oh, that's great. I kept waiting for October, thinking I was about to not be able to fly. That's, which I want to know what that real ID thing is. That whole thing is clears like feels like a money grab. Uh, is that happening in every state? I think so. No, I think it is. is. It? Yeah. Where you just like I literally just renewed my license. They're like, well, now spend eighty dollars yeah. to get the little gold star. Well, what's the security feature? Um. <laughs> Eighty dollars more <laughs> worth of security. Exactly. Eighty dollars more security. We're being very vigilant over here to the uh, tune of eighty dollars. Yeah, I just had to renew my. Um, I don't want to be cynical about government, John. We love our government <laughs> and we trust them implicitly. I want that for the record. They've never done anything wrong and never will. Somebody sent me a quote from like Benjamin Franklin about government or something the other day. And then when you look it up, the quote is disputed. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like, you can't even dis- you can't even trust the quotes. I love quotes like that. Like, one of my favorite quotes is, it's amazing what a group can get done when no one cares who, cares who gets the credit. <laughs> and you don't know who and said it. And it's attributed to, like, ten people. That's awesome. It really is. Like, John Wooden, Mother Teresa, like, <laughs> a really high-profile people, Zig Ziglar. Yeah. Like, a million people have said it, and they all want credit. And... <laughs> I doubt that Mother Teresa wanted credit. No, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that this morning, actually. So somebody sent me or asked me to go watch a in uh, there's a, there's a guy having dreams, apocalyptic dreams. Yeah. Okay. And someone in church asked me just my opinion on it when I look at it. So I've, I watched one of their the guys telling his dreams, you know, and 
what there's several things that struck me and the person that asked me is is older you know and and i know from other conversations are not you know tech savvy not that i am if dane's listening or whatever but i'm just saying you know like yeah i noticed this in a 12 minute video Mm -hmm. there were three ads it kept stopping and and so like number one i was like okay well the guy monetized it yeah. I'm not I'm not necessarily opposed to him making money off of whatever he does. But it's like a real the end is coming and it's all all these really yeah. specific Like if you're almost doing this as a public service to warn the country and you're also like and now a word from Skittles. And he all, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he also then went though in his video about now look, I'm still driving the same car I was driving. I'm yeah. not trying to get famous doing this. I'm trying to warn and and it it was like Okay, well, well, red flag number one for me would be just from the nature of what it is of yeah. the content, you know, like I, I, the, the three ads in twelve minutes. What is he saying is going to happen? It's very like, well, it's very like December. Now, here's one thing: I think he has. Does it involve a prominent podcast? I think, <laughs> guys, we're going to <laughs> be at the epicenter of the end. A couple things, a couple other things that were red flags for me was like he saw the whole country. Mm-hmm. Specifically, United States, and he also saw like Alaska and Hawaii in it, yeah. in like these where there was lights flickering and things, you know. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, so it's a very, very American specific prophetic yeah. dream. Those kind of uh-huh. are a little bit red flaggy for me because you know we talk about that a lot lately in church. I don't know how much on the podcast, but you know, like injecting America into yeah, politics of a yeah, right, perhaps God of a Middle Eastern. Right prophecy usually yeah and, and and again I do believe the Bible says and in the last days old men will will have visions and young men will dream dreams and those things and and I just it, it, I, I don't know it's it's like I'm not opposed but I think the greatest evidence and now I believe the man was having dreams in like June and he was talking about August and September mm-hmm. so part of me just wants to be like cool well let's just wait two more weeks and yeah. if what you said would happen in September didn't happen right. Then I'm then there you go. I mean that's the best evidence and maybe I'm not calling the guy a fraud. I would just maybe you're misguided and eating too much pizza, you know, before yeah, you go. Yeah, I to don't sleep. know that whole thing of like um what is it? When they <laughs> I I saw one when Trump was elected and it was like it made me laugh because he was like it says in the Bible the trumpets will sound Trump pence. No way. Trump Pence. And no, I was like, all right, not. dude. You're kidding. <laughs> Trump Pence. I can't, I can't, I can't, Johnny. Yeah, when people do that, well, again, I heard some other day, uh, I've had multiple people online yeah. use the with veiled faces, without veiled faces as yeah, don't scriptural wear a mask. proof to not wear a mask. Be an anti-masker. Could not be a greater atrocity of taking scripture out yeah. of context than that. The other thing about this... That's that, what we call eisegesis, right? Isn't that what that's called? <laughs> like there's exegesis, which is... And there's I thought I, you were it, making up a word. Like no. Like everyone call... Is it eisegesis or eisegesis? But it's like I, when, I was doing, when I was doing my, you know, my online Bible courses to become a, a certified whatever you call it. I was a minister <laughs> of the gospel. <laughs> but I was doing my... But I was doing my hermeneutical, right? Yeah, I was her- homiletics, hermeneutics, exegesis. And then there's eisegesis, which is when you take it out of context. Like eisegesis. He's, na- he's, that's what I'm saying. From the makers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, eisegesis. <laughs> no, it's with a G. 
But gotcha. it's it's you've never heard that term. I may have, Johnny. I'm I'm as long. John, you in. are what a pastor here. I'm a human. No, you're not. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not I, human. I don't think people think you're human. I think that's a problem then. Then I projected the wrong things. That's why I'm in region. <laughs> so, <laughs> you projected. I have put off the wrong vibe. So, like I said, it is hard when you put off that vibe and you try to convince people it's not true. Yeah. And you, they don't. I had a conversation this week. I was like, I'm super, like, no, I was wrong. I'm super broken. Like, I've tried to make people, I, I'm manipulating you all yeah. these years. I didn't know it was, but I'm, I need your approval. Like, I'm seeking something from you by making myself and look better. Like, are you manipulating me right now by saying this? But it's like, yeah. How can we know? It's almost like, though. Are you, that, using, are you using your vulnerability to manipulate our audience, John? Maybe. Maybe yeah. right now. This if is, it gives us more downloads and you hear more ads. This is tricky. You'll know. Uh, if, I mean, by December. And now, Mentos, the fresh maker. <laughs> remember that's, remember then, what was the, I was trying to come up with some, uh, we had a, a <laughs> you're going to remember this. Sorry. What? <laughs> Our first youth group. Yes. I called it Momentum. Momentum. Remember that? Momentum <laughs> we were, Youth Ministries. We were trying to come up with like the bylines and stuff. Oh, right. For like t-shirts. Yes. And there's like, Momentos, the flesh breaker. Like we uh, had all, <laughs> no. It's weird. Like, no, that's not going to work. That sounds horrible. That sounds like you're a it's like we're torturing, medieval warlord. We're like in the Spanish Inquisition. Put him in the flesh breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, please. I'll tell you whatever you want. Make it so. Confess. Anyway. Momentos. <laughs> we are so lame. Oh, uh, were still are. That's sad. No, I tell you the other thing that the other thing that that's a red flag for me is when you name dates, like when you name months of the year. Because yeah. you kept saying, "I saw headlines," uh-huh. and I saw headlines for this, and I saw headlines for that. It was always like a right. newspaper with a date, and you're like, "I don't see that scripturally, right? Like ever in in, in Bible prophecy." Now, it does say, I "Understand you have the." You know, 70 weeks representing 70 years. There will be 70 years of exile for the Babylonian. There's things like that. But then sometimes can be, sometimes those things can be even extrapolated into grander interpretations that it actually ended up being 400 years because in that prophecy, a week was a year or whatever. Like there's all kinds of uh, other things you don't know till after the fact. And that's the point. Like things that make a lot of sense after the fact. Which is sort of what Jesus did. When he could always go back and be like, I meant September of 2028. Right. <laughs> Buy my new book. Yeah. If you if you just, I don't know. It's just a real, so I'm not saying, it's not that I'm afraid to say, I think we do have to call out prophetic things that are wrong. I think that's a problem. I think the, the good news should be this, and it shouldn't be offensive. If he's made a prediction for September that doesn't come true, then shut her down, baby. And just say, hey, I missed it. And that's mm-hmm. not what I do. Like, be okay with the correction of it. Yeah. And then do differently, like change the way you think and, and, and move forward. And the other thing about it that always bothers me is like how much disciple energy is given yeah. to that. Like what I want to say, and that's, I think when someone comes and asks me, Hey, I'm spending a lot of time watching all these YouTube videos about this, this, and this, and this. And I want to go, man, I don't mean to be all preachy about it, but kind of the thing that we should be spending our time doing is worrying about like. How how was I being and making a disciple this week? How was I living that out with other people? Um, and I mean, I, I don't have a good answer for that all the time. Well, that's the thing. Like, what sells is not that though. What what attracts people is either fear of the unknown, yeah. like 
the your worst fear is going to happen, and it's going to happen September, you know, nineteenth. Or my favorite is where where are the people who are like twenty twenty is going to be your year? Like the people who, you know, what I'm saying right. those people. I've not heard a peep from them. Like there's always people like right at the end of twenty nine at the end of any year they're like. This is your year of prosperity. <laughs> like I've noticed a lot of silence from those people. Yeah, and again, I, I and that's part of my my um, unhealthy need for justice. Justice for me is about balance of intellectual, you know, processes. Meaning, I want you if you're wrong. Yeah, to, it balances it for me to admit that. Like yeah. I don't. Like it really, really bothers me. Too much. That's what I'm learning. It's okay. I'm not going to always get that. So like, you're saying when leaders can't own their faults. And deflect and project, it really bothers you? <laughs> Welcome to, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, so imagine how politics drives me out of my mind yeah. on all sides. Like, I'm just like, guys, like... Yeah, it, you no know, one ever owns anything. The it's always... humility is, is like, I mean, I think about, I don't know, I, I just... When you read Abraham Lincoln, you read the things he said, and you understand that he lived in a lot... I'm going to use a... A great term now. I don't want to become another buzzword, but he lived in a lot of both ends. You know, he lived mm-hmm. in a lot of. We have to fight this war to preserve the union. I, I think that's what we need to do. But I desire charity. You know, I want us to be reunited. Um, even I was reading in, in my Ulysses S. Grant book about the day of the surrender at Appomattox Courthouse in the McLean House in. The way it was, it was crazy. Like there's all these both ends. It's not just chivalry, not just not just a different time, but like he allowed all the Confederate soldiers who were officers, especially, to keep their horses. Like it was a big deal there, and, and then he transported them, a lot of them, on Union railroads back home. Mm-hmm. So and they were they were blown away by it. Like there was this huge sense. And that night, so this was crazy. People don't realize that almost all the generals in the Civil War, North and South, had fought together. They all went to West Point together. Yeah, and they'd all fought together in the Mexican American War. And so, like Lee was significantly older than Grant, and he had. He had been, I think, like a colonel or something, and Grant was just like a, a – he was like a quartermaster kind of guy who was doing supply line stuff, which is why he was a superior general in the Civil War because he's one of the first generals in modern warfare to coordinate multiple armies. Mm-hmm. People, we think of it having one army. That's not how it was. You know, Lee led the Army of Northern Virginia while Stonewall Jackson led the Army of – I forget, you know, Mississippi or whatever. Like, And so – there was a pecking order, but they're fighting in different theaters and different fronts, and they don't fight together usually unless they're coming to the aid of the other one. Grant found this way to like really um, I guess, unify in mm-hmm. a supply line way, especially like in a way that that anyway. So that that sorry that was the, that was the nerd side, but he his friend who was Longstreet, they had been together at West Point. James Longstreet, who fought, who was the second like top general in the confederacy yeah literally grant is still sitting johnny in the mclean manor and the war's over and lee is ridden off on his horse traveler like he's you know he's all the soldiers are crying and you know waving to him and all these things and grant longstreet walks in the door grant jumps up shakes his hand and invites Mm -hmm. him to play cards and have cigars and they sit and play cards and have cigars. And Longstreet even commented, like, this may be the most, right. you know, magnanimous man I've ever, you know, like, 
there, there was, again, this idea that we were trying to kill each other literally yesterday. Right. But now that's <laughs> over and we yeah. got to begin binding up the wounds. Yeah. Gotta, some nuance of acknowledging, like, this yeah. has got a lot of wrong, like, this is not what, and, and he said it in many of his letters, I don't want, I don't want any more bloodshed. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doing this. I guess that's the, yes, I want there to be humility acknowledged. A little humility, Johnny, goes a long way. It does. I was going to read something to you. Do you have you read N.T. Wright before? Yes. N.T. Wright, man. So he wrote a book called God in the Pandemic. It's a really small book. Uh, you, were saying, you were saying it's not exciting for people. Yeah. And so he really deals with that. Like, is this the ultimate sign? And he talks about Jesus himself, and he uses the scripture. Jesus himself is the ultimate sign. Yeah. And he, this is, he's the last sign. <laughs> like he's, and, and that's why when people like use the scriptures in Matthew and Luke about this is how you'll know when the end times is coming. Like most, most theologians believe that's about the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. You know, yeah. like, Hey, if you're, if you're pray, you know, pray doesn't happen when you're pregnant and pray to run to the Hills when you see this. And a lot of Christians actually, actually escaped Jerusalem yeah. using those warnings when, when Rome destroyed. So I'm not saying it doesn't have an end time. Um, he's talking about the, this is what it looks like. The kingdom of God. This is what it looks like. He says he broke bread the last night with his friends. This is what it looks like. He said as he hung on the cross with the words King of the Jews above his head. This is what it looks like. He was saying three days later to his astonished friends in the upper room. And here's the big like, aha. Unless we are prepared to see these events, the Jesus events, the messianic moment as the ultimate call to penitence because they are the ultimate announcement of the arrival of God's kingdom, we will be bound to overinterpret other events to compensate. There will be a vacuum, a Jesus-shaped blank, and we shall fill it by saying, as Jesus had warned that people would say, look here or look there, Luke 17, 21. For Jesus' followers, first followers then, his death and resurrection were now the single ultimate sign. Prophets like Amos had been forerunners. God had now spoken through the Son once and for all. For us to try to read God's secret code off the pages of the newspapers may look clever. We may even get a reputation for spiritual insight, but actually we are doing it because we have forgotten where the true key to understanding is now to be found. Dude, N.T. Wright. That's some heat, Johnny. Some heat coming off if that. loving N.T. is wrong, <laughs> I don't want to be N.T. Right. You got that. Yeah, you got it. I got you. So. No, that's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think, you, like you said, signs and stuff like that, it's 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 natural to look for that, but it's also, there's a danger there to get distracted by that. And obviously in politics, the doom and gloom stuff, fear sells. Yeah. You know, in 2016, you had the right wing selling the fear of, you know, we got to build a wall and people are coming and... Yeah. It's, you know, a, a dark view of what America was going to become if we didn't stop it in its tracks. And then you had the left saying rich people are the enemy and they have what you deserve. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we let this go unchecked, blah, blah, blah. It's like you're both sides sell fear. They yeah. sell that you're entitled to something you're not getting or something that you're entitled to is going to be taken from you. And it works. The American people are duped every time. Yeah. Uh, one way or another. We're just, it's, we're so easily manipulated. It bothers me, though, when religious people do it, when people who are supposed to be messengers of good news always have bad news for people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, the ultimate promise of the 
politicians on both sides is that if you don't if you don't put us in power, yeah. then not only will that take something away, but the country is going to go away. Right. There's always yeah. that. He'll find a way to ruin this. It's going to be great with me, but it'll be ruined if this person. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm bothered by that, that people are so easily manipulated on both sides, both sides. Um, but that's where we are. Well, and again, the the guy with the dreams, what he said, he said, uh, all of you pastors and people out there who are telling your people it's all going to be great it's all going to be great he's i think he just said like um you're gonna have to answer to god for that or whatever it's like i think saying that the gospel is a place that you can trust god Mm -hmm. in his sovereignty and that you don't have to spend your energies completely like to me a lot of this is chasing the wind like i know it's scripture and i know there's a blessing for reading revelation and all those things I just think like if, if you read Revelation so much like that you're neglecting Ephesians, like the things that aren't mysterious or apocalyptic, yeah. like the things that are just like, oh, I'm supposed to prefer one another and love them as I love, you know, not myself, but as Christ loves me, like this radical way to, to think differently and to live differently. I just think it's a, you can get caught up now thinking that, and again, as we said, there's a vacuum then, and it's not bringing hope. It, it, you know, it, it, it actually, yes, there will be an end and, and I'm not saying it's not important to look at it. I just think even Jesus's disciples who said, when will all this happen? He was like, yeah, that's not what I want you to know. Yeah. You know, and I think it's the same thing today. Yeah, it will. And God will take care of it. And there are some signs and, and some things that you need to pay attention to. But in the end, I want you to go into all the world and do this. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think too, it's like, I think Jesus knew you won't understand. There's things, some things I think God doesn't tell us because we are not equipped to understand it. Uh-huh. You know, it's like trying to, it's like, I love my dog. Have you ever tried to explain yourself to your dog though? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not, it's not going to work. No. It's very limited. Your dog can understand five or six words yeah. that you say and it understands no, stop it. Potty. Yeah. Maybe. Like. So it's like there's a very limited okay, so I experienced it. So Daisy, my one of my mutts, has a sore on her paw. She we don't know what started it, but she's now been chewing on it and now it's a nice wound now. It's wow. just infected and awful. Well, you can't stop a dog from because now it hurts and she's going to keep licking. It's going to keep getting worse yeah. until they just cut her paw off or whatever happens. I don't know. Wow, that that escalated quickly. It did. She's <laughs> she's tiny Tim now. Uh, please <laughs> save her. No, but so they we have to put this collar on her that looks like a life preserver. You know, they used to have the big cone of yeah. shame. Yeah. This one's like a life preserver. It's the same net effect, but it looks like she's just going to go for a swim. And she looks ridiculous in it, and she looks, like, humiliated by wearing it. But she can't quite reach her paw with it on. And I'm sitting there the other day, and I said, it, I said, Curry goes, I can't, I don't understand how she can't still, I go, I think she could still reach her paw up to her mouth and still, if she knew how to, and then Curry goes, stop giving her ideas. <laughs> like. Daisy was going to overhear me talking uh, yeah. and be like, if she'll just reach her paw up. <laughs> and I got so, it was so funny to me. 
Stop of, telling her stuff. It reminds me of a time that one of our dogs had to get shots and said he was real little. Yeah. You know, and every time she had to get shots, we wouldn't want to talk about it because she was scared of shots. So she goes, I think it's time for Brutus to get, oh, is, oh sorry, his S-H-O-T. Like she spelled it in front of the dog so <laughs> that he wouldn't know. <laughs> that's so, great. Yeah, that's yeah great. we got smart dogs, I guess. So we're we're giving our dogs way too much credit. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I think sometimes, like, we can't know. There's obviously stuff that's really it, – it bothers me that I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand things. I don't, you know. But it – yeah, I, I have to – there's enough that I do know that I'm willing to I'm, – I think I'm willing to give God some credit on some of the stuff that I don't know this side of, you know, whatever we're on. You know, whatever plane we're on now, it's like, okay – I don't have the capacity for this. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're a kid and, you know, you get to a point, you're seven or eight, and finally you get to the point where your mom just goes, because I'm the mother and you're the son. Yeah. And that's why. That's why we're not doing this. We're not going to argue about it. You don't get to go to this place. Right. Or like when you're a teenager and you're just begging to go hang out with the older kids at the mall and your mom's like, no. And you don't understand. Yeah, it's not a freedom thing. It's a capacity thing. It's a right. capacity, and it's about protection that you can't fathom yet. They're, you know? Yeah. Um, and our parent, do parents get overprotective sometimes? Yes. Yeah, so they're not perfect. I'm not saying it's a perfect you know, uh, parallel image of God's protection, but I'm saying you know, a, a child wants to run play in the street and doesn't understand he's going to get squashed like a bug. A parent's protecting them, but, they, but the child doesn't understand the capacity. Why would you hold me? Right. In this parking lot and tell me I can't run out there. It looks so fun out there, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. And it is, John. Now that I'm an adult, <laughs> I got to tell you. He runs in the street all the oh, time. Oh, man. It's like Frogger out there. <laughs> <laughs> I bring the music. I play it on my phone really loud. It, it annoys people, but I just feel like we're there. Oh, that's funny. Well, again, I think there has to be a place, and I, I'm probably struggling here. I think that there has to be a place for... Um. I don't know. I mean, I think the idea that that we we think of, you know, our friend Mike Burnett, you know, he says that um, in his mind, prophesying, true prophesying is is somebody speaking God's word or the gospel. Yeah. Like that's another not that there isn't a prophetic word, but that we somehow make that something different Mm -hmm. than the most common form of it, which is anytime we're expressing the gospel we are you know scripturally the bible says you can't even say jesus is the lord without the help from god's spirit so like we're kind of like overlooking the main right. portion we of, think of it as only predicting the future right or only something that happens in a quiet moment in the service or only like hey if if on sunday andrew clearly communicates god's word then there was a prophetic something that happened there because it is the thing the Bible says, you know, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. Like that message is the power of God unto and salvation again is not just for heaven. It's it means healing and restoration yeah. and rescuing and like this life of recovery and all those things. So like this you know, having like that viewpoint of it's not so narrow to it's not just um what was the what was the series of books and movies about revelation that came out. Oh, left behind. It's not just left behind. That's not just prophecy. You know, like yeah. Uh, when you're, especially when you're skipping the most important prophecy and how it's still, you know, 
um, applies to us today. I only watched the movies, and I got to tell you, they were not great. Were they not? I didn't watch them. Kirk Cameron, bro. Didn't do it. I'm surprised you did. We were friends then. You weren't yeah. watching movies like that. You were watching movies you shouldn't be watching. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny's a movie buff. There's no doubt. You're. I am. Uh, I like the movies. Well, you worked at the movies. Yeah. So I saw everything. Yeah. I saw everything as it came out. And you remember everything about everything about movies. Like you remember every actor, every how they related to someone else. Not anymore because I'm just so out of touch. But yeah, that that era when I was going to every movie, like I would know, oh, that's produced by so-and-so and that was written by this yeah. guy. And yeah. they also wrote the script for blah 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 And I don't know why I knew that, but I did. You still do, though. If I asked you now, yeah. it's been a long time since we went head-to-head in uh, Trivial Pursuit. It's time. And... The last time we did with teams, yeah. I vanquished you. When the second wave of the virus hits and we're forced to shut down, I think we should get together and have an extended game night. Okay. Okay. With masks. I would like to say it was my wife probably that won that game. She was on my side. So she's going to listen to this and remember because it was at Andrew's house at a Christmas party. Oh. And when you, when you guys defeated we me? We beat your team. Yeah. But if I wouldn't have had Laura, because all the science stuff, all of that stuff, she's, right. she nails, you know. So I had history. She had science. You have pop culture things. Yeah. Uh, and I know a lot about a little. I know a no, little about you a lot. You know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. You have a you have a wide base of knowledge. I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I'm working on it. Jeez. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah. And okay. listener, we hope that you. I know that you're going to go into your second. <laughs> I was thinking about it. <laughs> you, listener, I hope you know when I do that. Yeah. It's to, it's to be ironic and funny. Oh, so it's, it. it's not like I really talk like that. So, but we we do appreciate you joining us today. Go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com and you can find all of you can find everything you need there. Archived episodes. Yeah. You can find you can find links to various platforms. Uh I had somebody this week who was listening on Facebook. Uh-huh. And and they have an Android, so I was able to say, "Hey, you can go to you know." Not a phone. They have no. They have a, a robot, like <laughs> a it robot looks like data from the next generation. So that's Android. Yeah, that's that'd be funny. You're thinking of a bit right now. No, Rich. it's no, I'm not too much. Yeah. So okay, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, hey, you know, it, we're glad that Johnny's traveling again, and uh, glad that. Uh, what does that mean? It just means you get to go do stuff again, oh, man. It's geez. your job. You're just glad I'm not bumming money from you. Oh, you don't bum any money from me. Jeez. You don't even barely let me pay for lunch. You're always like, no, I got it, I got it. I would it. love for you to pay for my lunch well, today. I'm sorry. I can't go today. <laughs> You're on your own. Hurtful. Yeah. But hey, you can go over to our Patreon and help pay for Johnny's lunch. Oh, that's uh, nice. What yeah. is, that's a segue. Yeah, that, that was a good one. So yeah, you can it's check that out. a segue that'll help me go to Subway. <laughs> Hi, hey, they shut down Subway right here, by the way. Did they? Gone. And then just, they opened up a Domino's Pizza in the Walmart. Dude, things are changing here in Mount Juliet. It is. Man, it's the tide crazy. has turned. Chris Tomlin's making country records. I don't know what's going on. Is Chris Tomlin making country he records? He made a record with Florida Georgia Line. And I talked about it in my set in Orlando, by the no way. way. I sang uh, How Great Is My Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> Fire it up, how great my Dodge. Anyway. I bet that killed. Yeah, it did. I bet it killed. It did. And Chris Tomlin was there, and he shed a single tear. One single tear that turned into cash when it hit the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And Cash, his songwriter, his co-songwriter. Anyway, we appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll be back next week on Talk About That.
This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.